Hey everyone. So today we're going to be interviewing Tony White. Um, let's just give him a few seconds to get onto the live. Oh, hey. yeah. Oh, man, I made it. Great. You know, it's technologically, um, you know, just trying to figure this out. Yeah. But thank you for being patient. How are you guys doing? Oh, this is awesome. How you doing, Tony? I'm great, Sammy. Great. Uh, Krista, so nice to meet you. Yeah, it's so nice to meet you, too. It's Trista, actually. Um, All right. Me to my, introdu my introduction. Um, everyone it's trista also known as tri-state sax i am a jazz saxophonist and music educator here at playbook um so today on playing around with playbook we have the artist and educator tony white here with us he is he was honored with the prestigious bravo award finalist and fulfillment fund for his work in music education he also received a uc riverside chancellor award uh, the Humanitarian Award from the Omni Youth Music Awards, and the Outstanding Soloist Awards from the National Association of Jazz Educators. Amazing work. Uh, White continues to fight for music appreciation in all its forms, um, as he has totaled a whopping 30 years with the LA USD All Marching Band, and he has been the head director now for a total of 22 years. Uh, thanks so much for being with us here today, Tony. Um, to start off, I'd like to ask you our playbook question. Uh, what are you listening to? Everything. <laughs> um, great answer. Great answer. Everything. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I'm inspired by everything. So the sounds around us. So I just, it's hard for me to really just say one thing. But I do right now fancy a lot of uh, pop music, uh, like Dua Lipa. Um, then, but then I go, back to, I go, I go back to Michael Brecker. I mean, it just, it just depends on what day and you know where I am. You know, it's all, it's all about having fun. Yeah, I love that variety. So it's mm -hmm. nice to throw in some more contemporary music. Doesn't always have to be jazz. Um, right. So, Sammy um, was telling me about how he knows you. So I think I'm gonna let Sandy, uh, Sammy, start us <laughs> off here. <laughs> well, no, I would just say so. I had the great fortune to meet Tony. Well, we're, we're getting up on maybe seven, eight years ago when I was, uh, when I came to LA to work with um, Jazz Lincoln Center's Jazz for Young People program. And Tony had, I'd never seen someone who was working with such a range of student levels, different range of age range, and just coming at it with such a place of like, wherever we are, we're going to meet you there. And we're going to just get your experience with music to be a little better. Like, we're going to sort of put enough energy into such a range of levels. And I think it's, it's so incredible to see the breadth of your work. Like you just said about styles, like jazz, marching band, I don't care, like any genre, we're going to meet them there and find a way to make that part of their experience. I'm curious for you, like how, um, how you bring that attitude to all the different groups that you work with. Like what's sort of your mindset when you think about how to make an impact on kids' lives? I think the, I think the most important thing is engaging the human experience and, and engaging the human beings. 
Um, so whenever I approach a situation, I'm always, I want to find out more about who I'm working with, who I'm playing with, who, who am I teaching? Uh, and then that helps me to gear up uh, our time together. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I think that that becomes very powerful. And I just think that, especially since this year of, uh, you know, year coming out of uh, 2020 and everything else, that's it ha helped to reiterate even to me on a more positive level about the human connectivity. So mm -hmm. it's just, you know, again, this, this, let's get together, let's play, let's figure out some things and, and know and have fun in the process. So I think about the key word to play, right? And I like again about the playbook. It's like you know to play. You go outside, you play, you play music, and and you perform. And then from there, you, you know, you build up the things that you want to perform and do things with. So, yeah, definitely. And in terms of adding on to human connectivity, uh, what do you believe distinguishes a successful music classroom and like a music culture in the band room? It's always it's always going to be about the interactivity with the teacher and the student. The teachers have to always go in open minded. You know, mm -hmm. we yeah, you go to school, you learn a lot of pedagogy, you learn the latest and the greatest and the skills and technology, but you're going to have to go in and again, you know, ask kids what they want, you know, uh, uh, look at their history, um, you know, look at their cultural surroundings and their backgrounds. You you uh, want to figure out how to integrate that and incorporate that into what you're doing. That's how ultimately how you're going to create the buy-in. Uh, if you go in saying, well, this is my music and this is what I like and this is what you have to do, that's an instant turnoff. Mm -hmm. Instant goodbye, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, so I think that that is so important um, with that. And that's what I've had to learn. Like, for instance, I mean, I love, you know, obviously I love jazz. Um, but when I was teaching uh, at, at Fremont High School and here in L.A. Unified School District, I, at the end, I started thinking, like, you know, what about if we did some more Latin jazz, you know, when we brought the Latin rhythms in and you talk about the great Afro-Cuban, um, you know, connection with, you know, Machito and Dizzy Gillespie and mm. everything. It just became very powerful and it made surreal. And then you start tying it into now, uh, say, Poncho Sanchez and all the different greats that are out there now playing this music. So it, it became very powerful and very synergistic as well. Can I ask, because Trista's there now too, where Trista's on track to become a music educator. She's studying it in school. What made you want to get involved in music education? I mean, you're, in, you're a great saxophonist. Like, there's so many people like, I'm a musician, I don't teach, or I'm a teacher, I don't play. Like, what made you want to? And, and I tell you, a lot of those cats now are saying that I got to teach and play. <laughs> well, and, and, I, and I say I've been playing, I mean, teaching so long, now I want to play more. But it was actually <laughs> the combination of, of um, being a player. But, you know, I realized that in a lot of ways, I'm still doing what I've been doing for a long time, meaning that uh, I started volunteering with the all-district band. But in, in high school, I was like, I, I was in this band. And I was just smitten about, you know, playing in this band at the Rose Parade, which is one of the biggest venues in the world. And when you have nonstop people clapping and supporting you and, you know, you don't, you know, you don't even know what you're doing. You just know you're part of something, but people are just supporting and everything else. So I knew that was a big part in my life. And then obviously when I went to college, I still, you know, was, I was into playing and then being the first one in, in my family to go to college. And, and trying to figure this all out, I realized that I needed to do both, right? And I never forget one time, um, you know, when I started teaching, I thought, well, I guess I just got to teach and that's it. 
I remember my, my mom, at, you know, say, I don't hear you playing your horn anymore. So then that, that, that kind of morphed back into, well, you know what, I got to do both. I can't just do one or do the other. I got to do both. And that's what I, I really advocate uh, with everybody nowadays, because I don't think you, you could, you know, really survive just doing one or the other. If you look at even like the greats with, you know, say Winton Marsalis and, you know, you look at you know, all your, your publications, everybody's doing both. And that goes back to the adage about why we should do both, because we need to inspire each other. We're inspired by the kids who, who, who are learning and, and figuring things out. And then that helps us to think about things differently. And then how we approach it and how we eventually deliver it, it becomes very powerful. So I don't see it. I, I just think I don't I don't think it's just one or the other. I think that more of our teachers need to, you know, not be afraid to play for our young kids and let them know what we're into, whatever that is. And then, you know, listen to what they are and be inspired by it. I think that's, that's very powerful. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned briefly you performed at the Rose Festival. Um, I know that that was with the All City Marching Band. Yeah. Can you describe what your favorite part of that experience was and how these major events contribute to the inspiration behind your students? Well, again, you know, when you are marching out there, I mean, you're playing for a million plus people live. And then the, the millions and millions of people you're playing for on television. And then you go home and you can watch it over and over again. You can see that. But I think the, the, the part about um, transcending um, students, um, you know, yearly and they come in for this experience and not knowing what they're going to get into and, and the hard work and the ethic that it takes to get there. Um, you know, and, and it puts you on that world stage. Mm. And I, I would be remiss not to talk about, you know, that we have an all-district jazz band here in LA Unified uh, that has played at the, the Playboy Jazz Festival when it was the Playboy Jazz Festival. Uh, being on that world stage and being around artists and um, it's just, you know, it's, you know, it's so invigorating and it's so um, um, fulfilling when you can take young people on that journey with you. And then realize too, that you're on the journey too. And sometimes, you know, when we're so much driving the car, we don't think about being on that journey, right? Cause we're trying to get from point A to point B. And I do it very carefully to make sure that when I'm driving, that I'm looking around to try to really mm. scenery, right? You know, and that, yeah. that's, I think has attributed to me becoming a better player after all these years, I mean, I still practice, I still play. Uh, and I, you know, it's weird when I'm, when I'm um, practicing, I'm thinking about my work that I need to do to advocate and push the music ed education boundaries. But then when I'm working on, on the computer and I'm thinking about playing. So mm -hmm. it's like to me, they, they, they really feed off of each other uh, and they help to, and, you know, um, bring a whole surreal approach to, to what the important part about being in music is. And you, Tony, you brought a group. I was there that at, when uh, when Michelle Obama they did that Jazz Day too. I came with Loxa. Like oh, that wow. was such a that was 2009. Wow, you were there as a student, Sammy. <laughs> oh my God, jeez! I, Do you remember that? Right? Wow. Oh my God, that that was surreal. Being at the White House celebrating jazz, sitting three rows behind um, Michelle Obama um, in the East wing of the white house i mean god so powerful and i still think about that to this day i remember i took a picture outside the the, the white house and i'm thinking like it was because of my love and interest of music back early on that i was able to be a part of that process and those are you know those are you know again those are moments that i reflect upon now and saying okay you know i don't know what i'm doing i gotta just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, I love it's, that. It's like playing playing the saxophone, right? You know, sometimes you know you you know, yeah, we study chords and we study the music and everything. When we get there in the stage and you gotta play, you know, it's like Charlie Parker said, you don't have to forget about it, right? And then you come off of that. I don't know if you guys have both had this experience. You come off the stage, like say, I, oh man, you sounded great, you sounded great. I'm like, think, I don't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know that I helped in a positive way to the experience. And that mm. what is I, I advocate for all the time. You know, I don't mm. I think for music is like we, you know, one of the missions in, in education is to make our have our kids become college and career ready. And basically, we're saying that we want them to be successful in their lives. We want them to go on and do great things. And I do say all the time that in music, it's hard to relate that about what, what is college and career ready and what is success and everything. But we really want them to have a great life. And I think that, mm -hmm. that that is the most important thing. So I always say that we really can't measure those things that we, that we experience in music. You know, and our job mm -hmm. is to perpetuate it and to allow them to have that that feeling of progression and to find themselves. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And in terms of progression, as an educator, what, what are some of your mantras or your mantra when you're feeling low? Well, you know, well, it's really hard sometimes, you know, but I, I would say one of them is Never, Never, Never Give Up by Winston Churchill. Mm -hmm. um, also, too, I believe in living with intention, um, living in the moment making it count, you know, yep. anything positive. I'm looking for new mantras all the time. <laughs> what, what does it take to help to overcome and to lift things um, and, 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 and live day to day and, and, you know, just know that it's going to get better and you just got to stay with it. Awesome. And hanging, people, hanging around people like Sammy, you know, who's <laughs> <just> going. <laughs> I'm trying to Definitely. be like you. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll be changing places soon. I'll be hanging out with you more. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Sammy remember that one time. My boss, um, he wanted us to have. We it was during Christmas time, run time, and we ended up playing over at this club. Uh, it was a you know, club for a party, company party, and I put the we put together the band. What do you kind mean? Of, it was spontaneous. And, oh, I mean, yeah, of course I remember. That was awesome. I remember yeah, that. you know, it was like, what were we going to play? I don't know. Here's, you know, we called some tunes out, and then <laughs> and there we were on the stage playing, and uh, it was so much fun. And that's that's the beauty of playing music, uh, the beauty of, uh, you know, and I believe in the mission of what Playbook is going after, is getting kids to play. And once you get them to play, and then, you know, playing is getting people to listen. And once you get them to listen, then they can contribute in a positive conversation. And I really believe that that is this is what the world needs more of right now. How do we have more positive conversations? And how do we contribute in a positive way? And I say, like some of the kids say, the hater mentality. There's no place for that really right now. We, we need as much as we can to be positive and work toward a, a goal that helps us to be fulfilled. Definitely, definitely. Amen. Yeah. In, and in terms of the modern classroom and technology, uh, what do you think about Playbook that is so valuable in terms of modern technology? Well, in terms of modern technology, knowing that, you know, that uh, a student can take the material and, you know, work on it on his or their, their own, you know what I mean, um, on their own time, and they can explore more. I think that's very important. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. when I was growing up, we had those things called records. 
Uh, actually, even even cassette tapes that we could re rewind. But I think having the technology and having things that you can work on that is more, um, you know, towards what, you, what you're doing at that particular time. And then they, being able to ask questions, uh, I think that that's that's very important. I, I think it allows it. But I don't think anything will ever substitute us being able to get together and playing with the people. It's it's the way that we, you know, obviously being careful about how we breathe, uh, where we breathe, but also to, uh, you know, just, just being able to hear a rhythm that someone is playing and trying to emulate and, and uh, be a part of that. And that's what you hear in, you know, in like New Orleans, right? You know, when you hear kids down there playing, I, I will never forget, before um, we went to the pandemic, I was down in New Orleans, went to Edna Carr High School. And I was in this room with the, um, this big marching band and the room was dilapidated. And it was kind of, you know, wow, it was, it was really kind of surreal. But hearing all these kids play the music and they didn't have any music in front of them. These are tunes that they had heard and they were pop tunes and everything else. But the mm -hmm. energy, collective energy that they put towards that, it just, it, it still right now gives me chills. Mm -hmm. Think about that. So creating um, the uh, environments, these laboratories, if you want to call them, or whatever, where kids can come and be a part of and they can feel connected and not be afraid to express themselves, right? So that's the, the problem nowadays. We have the, the shaming element. Well, I'm not as good as so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. It's not about you being as good as so-and-so. It's about you really taking, you know, you taking the dive off the diving board and about you um, you know, uh, you know, doing what you do because we want to encourage what you do. I just say, Definitely. I'm. It's it's such always a pleasure to talk to Tony. Like whenever he, how short it is or how long it is, and he's been such a help as a sounding board for everything we're doing with playbook and and just in life to always stay positive. So I'm so glad, Tony. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so glad you would come on and be a part well, of the show. Th thank you guys. I appreciate what you're doing. You're the next generation, and that's what it's all about. Is about helping the next generation and not being afraid. I don't have any secrets. Uh, whatever I can give out, I'll, I'll give out freely because I know that my hand's open um, to give, that my hand's open to receive as well. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm trying to keep up with you young people, you know, <laughs> Instagram. We didn't have, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, now my son would we say I'm have dating. Instagram lives. Right. But they would say I'm dating myself. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, teach me. I want to learn. I want to be a part of, um, and that way we stay connected and uh, we we help the generations. And some of the things that I've been through, maybe I can help you from not going those ways, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's Definitely. it's powerful. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your energy and your mindset on music education and on playbook. It was really great talking to you. Um, love speaking with you and make sure everyone to check out Tony White on his Instagram at Tones Jazz and on his website, TonyWhiteInc.com. Um, and be sure to stay up to date with Playbook at Playbook Jazz Instagram and this is Playbook.com. Thank you everyone for tuning in to Playing Around with Playbook and we'll see you next week on Thursday. Thank you guys. Take care. Hope to see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.